Matt. Welcome to Here for the Health of It podcast. This is Dr. Randy Ploss. I'm here with Dr. Tom Stetson, and we are exposing Columbia, South Carolina to the movers and shakers, and we discuss business, we talk about health, and anything to do with the local community. Today, we have Dr. Sydney McNeil. She is a chiropractor in Columbia, South Carolina, grew up with a mother who was a medical doctor and grew up in Canada. And we have tons of cool insights. She talks about her health philosophy, some of the things that she's learned. And then we dig into the chiropractic philosophy as well. And some of the things that we've seen or experienced for some of you that have questions about that. So I hope you will tune in, listen, let us know what you think. Dr. Sydney McNeil. Here, here, here. Hit the acapella. Here. We're here for the health of it. For the health of it. We have Dr. Sydney McNeil here today. We're excited to have you. Um, one of the cool things that we talk about is asking healthy people about their story and their regimen and what they do. And I would say probably more than ever right now, there's a lot of unhealthy people True. giving advice, telling people what to do, unhealthy people telling healthy people what to do. Uh, so we're excited for this. So we wanna dive into your story and what it looks like, and then maybe where you're at right now, what you're doing, what you're working on. Love it. Wow. Here we go. I've got the floor. Okay. Well, take us from the top. So the listeners don't Start know. At the beginning. Yes. On a cold, stormy night, a... January 5th, 1990. <laughs> Your parents. <laughs> so, well, no, I think it's important for, for our listeners to know that you're a chiropractor I and am. chose that willingly. And your mother is a medical doctor. So you grew up in a household with differing philosophies. Take us back to that. Okay, so I grew up in Canada. I grew up, my mom's a medical doctor. She's a family physician. My dad's in medical sales. So both of them worked in hospitals. Um, and I grew up going, my mom would have to be on call every other weekend, every third weekend. And I would go as a young, young child with her to the hospital on the weekends for fun. She would take me and I would hang out at the nurse's station. And I kind of thought that was normal and fun. Um, so I grew up going to her office, seeing lots of her patients, that kind of thing. Um, she had a private practice and then she kind of switched gears when I was in high school and she went and she worked kind of, um, she had a practice in like a Walgreens or a CVS kind of, it was called Lawton's Drugs. It was a two story building and her practice moved overhead. So, um, was she primarily like general practice? General Did she practice. specialize? Okay family medicine yep, nice. and in Canada you don't go to a pediatrician unless you're really sick so you don't want to have to go to a pediatrician so you she saw kids so you see kids um and people of all ages um and you were in a smaller town too right so she was the family doctor for a lot of people that you knew she was the family doctor and so when her patients got admitted to the hospital she was still under she still cared for them so that's why um i would go to the hospital with her to check on those patients who were admitted to hospital um so i thought that was normal i thought it was really cool when i broke my arm i didn't have to wait in the emergency room to get treatment i got taken right back so that was like really the major plus as a kid as a kid yes vip um i also got my flu shot every um thanksgiving around the thanksgiving table with my family which i thought was cool and normal and you know didn't have to go anywhere to get it i just got it right at my kitchen table so hey great 
Which you now um, have different thoughts on. But we'll touch on that later. Continue. Um, so that's the world that I grew up in. And I thought through my undergrad, really, um, I studied anatomy and cell biology in my undergrad. And I thought that I was going to be a doctor, some form of a doctor. I thought I was going to get go to medical school. I took my MCATs. I did all of that. Did you pass? But yes, okay. but I don't think it's a pass fail. You just yeah. get a score. I don't remember what my score was. It's like the SAT. Score. Yes, it's like the SAT. Um, so I was excited as like a kid to be a doctor, but then the older I got, even through my undergrad, I, I just kind of thought I was going through the motions. It was something I was just going to do. I wasn't like super excited about it. And after studying for four years in an undergrad, I was like, oh, I don't really want to go back to school. Like I wasn't mm -hmm. excited to go back to school for it. So I took some time off after undergrad and I thought about it a little bit harder. And that's when I met a physical therapist and I thought, oh, wow, this is kind of cooler because we're working with like, she worked a lot with athletes, which, you know, now I know there's different fields, but she was working with young, healthy people mm -hmm. versus, um, kind of if you're going to a medical doctor, generally you're sick and you're not healthy. Um, so I realized, oh, wow, there's a whole world of health and healthy patients. Um, that's a lot cooler. So that kind of reson resonated with me more. I was very, I was always very healthy. I played sports, all that stuff. Um, so that physical therapist, I thought, oh, maybe I'll go to physical therapy school. Mm, that's kind of cool. But she introduced me to chiropractic. So I actually got hired because I needed a job. I was a broke college graduate. I had no mm -hmm. money. I, I got hired in a chiropractic office. I mean, I would have worked at McDonald's at that point. But so I, I walked in there. I didn't know anything about chiropractic. They were crazy to hire me, but they hired me. Um, and I started working in their office. And that's really when I realized there's really two fields of, of healthcare. There's um immediate sick care, which is how I grew up. You know, if you're sick, you go to the doctor. And then there's um, prevention, like the whole world of preventative health care, where you can go to see a practitioner, not because you're sick, but because you want to stay healthy. Right. And, and so that opened up just a whole new world. And that kind of ties in the, you know, the thought process of a lot of people on, is it wait for sickness and do something? Or is it easier to try to get yourself so healthy you don't ever get sick kind of looking at those two philosophical approaches exactly and i just noticed very quickly the environment in the chiropractic office that i worked in was totally different than the environment in a medical office um, the patients were happy they were healthy they were vibrant they seemed to all know each other and and everybody was happy to see each other and, and the patients were happy to be there versus at a medical office everybody's kind of like and, and miserable and, and sick. So that energy really um, affected me. And I worked there for a year and then I went to chiropractic school myself and the rest is history. So tell us though, at, during that, you're, you're starting to enjoy chiropractic, seeing some miracles in this clinic. And you're, you're, but I still go back to like your parents were still very medically minded, right? When you first mentioned, mom, I'm thinking about going to chiropractic school. What was that like? 
Um, at that point, she was excited because she knew that um, I wanted more for my life and I, I was going to be doing some sort of secondary, secondary education. She is very supportive of me and she, um, you know, never would have said not to do it. And I think it kind of it just something she didn't really know much about at right. that time. But they, I think she was still happy for me. Um, but on that note, I guess I will say, um, having grown up in a medical world with my mom. So medical doctors are taught to diagnose and treat. Um, nothing about prevention really. So I grew up with headaches. I started getting them um, eighth or ninth grade and then I would get them a couple times a week through my undergrad. And my mom diagnosed me as having a headache and she gave me a headache pill to help the headache. Um, mm -hmm. Certainly the pill helped. However, when I walked into the chiropractic world, from a preventative standpoint, they took a look at the underlying structure of my, my spine and my bones, um, my, how my nerves were functioning, and they found something at the very top of my spine that was affecting my um, the nerves going back to my head and, and those muscles. And so they started working on that from a preventative standpoint, um, no drugs or anything like that. And so that I had total relief from my headaches. My headaches actually went away and they stayed away. So that was really like the big, okay, yeah, chiropractic works. <laughs> um, you yeah. know, all those people that say they believe in chiropractic and they've had um, health success. So I was one of those health success stories, I guess. Um, and didn't need the medication anymore at that point. Yeah. No. And so that, I mean, that brings up a good point for the listeners, just from the standpoint of it sounds like they identified a cause, which you had interference to nerves going back to your head. They decided to work on the cause of that and remove the interference. And then the headaches went away versus not identify cause, just cover, just treat the symptoms. Yes. And that's kind of the difference in the two professions that we see uh, over and over. And more people and medical doctors and nurses that come into our practices that want that side of it, they're starting to see that, man, by just identifying and treating cause is a lot better approach than just waiting for symptoms and just managing them. Yes. I still get so excited when I had a couple new patients this week who came in, literally they're like, yep, just want to get checked up, just wellness prevention. And, mm -hmm. um, it, it's still pretty rare, you know, that people come in with that mindset, but it's always really exciting when it is, mm -hmm. um, yeah. just cause yeah. It's, and it's interesting because I grew up very, or my experience with a chiropractor was similar to yours where every time I would go there, it was fun. It was exciting. Yeah, they knew who I was and they were healthy people. And I was asking them questions about and more than just chiropractic. I was asking them nutrition questions. I remember asking them exercise questions. And even at some point, it it was a second opinion when my mother would say, all right, I, I got this opinion. I need advice on is there a holistic um, aspect to it or component to it. So when you found out how long it takes to become a chiropractor. Did that dissuade you at all? Or did you just say, no, I'm going to no, go for four yeah. years. No, no problem. Yeah. And I still talk to the chiropractors that I work for. They were like the biggest influence in my life. Um, so they know that. Um, and they really, they do the whole preventative lifestyle. So it's not that chiropractic is the only preventative measure that you can take in your health. There's obviously the foods you eat, the water that you drink, the the supplements and the vitamins that you take, the exercise, how you move your body, um, how you detox your body, all of that. And so they they were the whole package, if mm -hmm. you will. So they they did everything that they were they were supposed to be doing to help keep them the healthiest, so they're never going to get sick, kind 
kind of thing. Um, so I learned so much from them. And I think it really did help me when I got to school because I kind of already knew all the other aspects. Um, they taught me about, you know, paleo diet. The paleo diet was huge mm -hmm. um, way back in 2014. Um and they taught me all about that. And I, I don't think I took any supplements before I met them. Um, Did maybe. they start you on your, your fitness journey? Because that's a big thing for you is fitness. When did you really start getting into that? And was that, was that a part of... Um, working with those chiropractors? They did. They taught me a Tabata, but um, which if you know what a Tabata is, they're lots of fun. But no, I, I grew up very, um, my, my parents were both very, very active, um, played sports and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I played sports growing up and I um, remember when my parents started running, they were in their 40s. I guess it was like a quarter life crisis or midlife crisis. Yeah. They both started running. I started running when I was in the second grade. So I've always been a runner. Um, I never stopped. I ran through um, high school, um, undergrad, all of that stuff. Um, so I was always very, very active. So um, I kind of had that going for me. Stayed with, stayed with a lot from, of that, yeah. Yeah, from, from day one. What what were the chiropractor's names? Should we give them a shout out? Let's yeah, do Cindy it. and Jason Plotsky. And they're still uh, practicing? Yeah. In? In Halifax, Nova Scotia. Nice. And you awesome. still talk to them? Yes. Yeah, cool. Yes. Do they still like you? I think they probably still love me. Yeah, okay. I, I look back sometimes to the saying, and I believe it was D.D. Palmer or B.J. Palmer said, you never know how far reaching something you think, say, or do today will affect the lives of millions tomorrow. And even them deciding to hire you that day yeah. affected every single person now that you're taking care of and adjusting yeah. and helping. Yeah, it is cool to see that. I mean, the miracles that you get, they were a part of essentially without them knowing. Well, they know. know, they know, oh, but yeah. Um, but yeah, really, really cool. And they sent um, another girl who worked at the office. She went to chiropractic school, the same school that I went to um, a couple years after I started. So that was, that was pretty cool. I remember I was so scared to tell them I was quitting to go to chiropractic school. I didn't realize how happy they would be to have somebody else go to chiropractic school though. Cool. Nice. So yeah, then you cool. went, you moved to the States, went to Life University. Yep. Atlanta. In Atlanta, you, would you say some of the technique that, that listeners don't know about, you focus a lot on upper cervical, you work full body, but primarily those, those upper two bones. Um, would you say that, that you started learning more about that because of your headache story? Is that the technique that kind of, well, Dr. Jason and Dr. Cindy did upper cervical. Okay. Um, nice. so I went to school kind of knowing about that and that, that's how they adjusted me. So that's how I like to get adjusted. So basically there's like what, 150, 200 different techniques, techniques yeah. out there. Yeah. Um, and from traditional, um, traditional chiropractic that you would see in like an old school movie or something like that to very gentle instrument, um, adjusting Nuka. They were Nuka certified, which is oh, a nice. type of upper, upper cervical. Um, but then they also did torque release technique, which is what I practice now primarily as well as some other stuff. Um, so the, yeah, they again, heavily influenced the technique that I used. Um, I like a very gentle adjustment. So I always tried to, even in school, we had to learn the kind of the rougher adjustments. I didn't like to get adjusted that way. Mm -hmm. um, so I always tried to be more gentle in my approach and I think it works pretty well. Yeah. Um, and so. I think, I think that's something, a point of interest that there are so many techniques because one of the questions we'll get is my mom, you know, where can I send my mom who lives in another city? And, you know, they get excited to say about our version of chiropractic or how we take care of patients and the different totally. techniques and things that we can do. 
but you, if they just show up and knock on the door of a random chiropractor, it's not like calling a dentist where, you know, it seems like most dentists you go to, there's a very specific process. It's very similar and dentists have done a nice job, uh, I guess, synchronizing everything across the board. Chiropractic as a profession, you could go to one that um, may just do no x-rays and adjust you right on the spot. You could go to another that waves their hands in the air over top of your body, and that's an adjustment. You can go to another that um, does more manual hands-on. It can get really weird out <laughs> it, there. It gets weird. So, But that's, I think, um, that's where people still think or have tried maybe one chiropractor and didn't like the experience and, and maybe never go back or their family member tried one and then they're just hearing it from, yeah. you know, their grandma, mom, oh, I went to a chiropractor and it did nothing. And it's, it's a, it's a huge point of emphasis that you should, it's like a rest, we're more like restaurants, you know, different styles of food, different techniques that are yeah. out there. You may not like one restaurant, but you're not going to stop going to restaurants. You want to try another one. Totally. And finding the right fit, and um, uh, and you mentioned gentle. So there's techniques that are extremely gentle that take away all the fear of getting adjusted that some one may have. But then you you see uh, we see on YouTube now where a lot of people come in and want the full popping, cracking their every joint in their body manipulated as aggressive as possible. So there's those polar opposite sides of the spectrum. Well, I was talking to someone earlier today too about the spine and she asked why is it that my spine acts the way that it does or why is it that I'm 60 now and I feel like my spine isn't as strong as it always was yeah. it's true almost throughout the entire body that as you get older things don't necessarily hold up as well or work as well it's uh, I know unfortunately you talk to someone in in their 60s about their eyes and they say yeah I can't see quite as well as I could or um, I know I, I was talking to someone who had to have their glass. They had their uh, paper held further away. Further away yeah. And they said, it's so frustrating. I know I took good care of my eyes. It's just as I'm at this point, I'm doing that. The same is true with the spine as well. No different with the teeth. No different than taking care of your muscles too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to that point, somebody that does age and has put in years of prevention or focus on the body or investment on the body can prolong those effects that you're you're For mentioning. Sure. Whereas if somebody waits until those effects start occurring and it's like, well, why is it all of a sudden now? It's like, no, that's been happening for 40 years. Right. I just wish that we, you know, somebody met you or you started changing habits back then. Yeah. Good example would be arthritis. So a lot of people think, oh, I'm 65. I should have arthritis. Yeah. Well, I've got plenty of patients that are 65 and they don't have right. or little to none arthritis mm -hmm. yet. Um, and those patients coincidentally have been really healthy through their lives. Um, no major accidents, which obviously you can't plan for, um, but just really, really healthy lifestyles. And they've um, maintained really good structure of their mm -hmm. spine. So they do not have arthritis. So um, anytime I meet with a patient who's in their 50s or 60s and I have to tell them, unfortunately, that they do have arthritis, they're like, oh, well, I'm, you know, 56 or I'm 62. That's, or I'm and 35 I'm like, and they're thinking they're supposed to have arthritis. Well, yeah. wait a minute. That's not, it's not necessarily an age-related um, issue. Right. In fact, when we take x-rays, majority of the cases that we find with arthritis aren't age-related arthritis. They're position-related. Yeah, yeah, postural how the joints position and that works for any joint if you 
If your elbow's out of alignment for enough time, it starts to break down, become inflamed, and become arthritic, not because you're old, but because it was positioned wrong and used wrong. So it's a it's another um, simple reason that a part of people's healthcare journey should be analysis of their spine and nervous system and all joints for that matter. Right. Um, yeah, I get, I mean, I have a lot of patients who just postural changes, especially in their neck. If you think about if your head's forward, if you're on your phone a lot, computer work as a student a lot. Um, and so they get really, really frustrated because um, whenever they come to see me, they've had all this postural change. And I'm like, it's been here for a long time, depending on how old they are and kind of what kind of a job they've had for the past years. Um, and so some of them get really, really frustrated. And I'm like, listen, we need to focus on what we now we know what we know. So it's better to know. And now we can have a plan of attack. And um, it's not that you were doing anything bad is just our society. So now that we know how your posture has affected your spine, let's focus on correcting what we can. And it's not that this is made for you to feel bad about yourself. It's like, now we know. Um, and let's give you some some tips and tools to take when you're holding your posture outside of my office, realizing you still need to live your life. If you're a student, you're going to be hunched over book studying. Um, so there's nothing you can do about that. But let's let's try and be a little bit smarter about your, your posture and let's mm -hmm. um, get you adjusted so you have the best chance at functioning at your best um, when you're studying or when you're working in a computer or whatever it is you're doing. Yeah, I think too, just to that point, um, at some point thousands of years ago, or I have, I have no idea when we started brushing our teeth. How, what would you, what's our guess on that? Hundreds of years? I don't even know, don't know. like but here's the point. I, I don't, I think it's pretty new. Yeah, okay, fairly years. new. So call it 100, 200 years ago. Prior to that, nobody was brushing their teeth and teeth were bad, right? And then somebody came along and said, we can, there's some things that we can do to start to take care of our teeth and keep them longer, right? And I imagine that time period, people thought that guy or gal was nuts, right? Thinking like, wait, I've never brushed my teeth. My grandparents never brushed their teeth all the time. They, my parents never took care of their teeth. But now you're telling me I need to take care of my teeth every single day. And there had to have been a, you know, whatever, X amount of decades where it became a thing that it, it normalized that when we grew up in our generation it was like, wait, you start brushing your teeth right away you go to the dentist you go to the dentist three or four and it we weren't saying like started. like i don't remember ever going like well mom when do i stop going to the dentist like yeah. is there a time where i stop taking hey mom when do i stop brushing my teeth because it's it would be like that's silly you can stop brushing your teeth anytime you can stop going to the dentist anytime but if you do you know what happens to your teeth so i think we're in this world of chiropractic right now where we're starting to see a little bit of that, you know, we're the early dentist, if you will. It's saying like, take care of your spine. Well, for how long? For as long as you want to be healthy. So if you want to stop getting adjusted, stop doing your spinal exercises, just understand that there are consequences to that. And it, hopefully it's in the next couple decades, if you will, or sooner that people will start being born and know that well, I have a spine and nervous system and I need it checked from birth to death. 
and keep it in a healthy position. And that's what I hope that um, we get to do here in Columbia because yeah. even like I know for you, you're you're a little bit more passionate about seeing kids, right? Yeah. Especially um, little Scarlet. Yeah, Scarlet. There she is. There she is. <laughs> there she is. Um, but if I think if that's important. microphone's too loud, it's because she was in here switching messing, all the knobs yeah, right yeah, before. Yeah, messing with all this. Um, so touch on that a little bit on just on just people like when when you far, first started learning that people should be adjusted at birth. You know, growing up in a family that didn't do that because my family didn't either. Right. He, Doctor Randy, did get to grow up and kind of got started getting adjusted early on. Mm-hmm. But when you started learning that, and how did that land with your friends and family members that were more medically minded? So that was, I did have exposure before chiropractic school as well, because Cindy and Jason had three boys and they all got adjusted. So I saw that. Um, But that was really something I learned about in school because it made sense for me um, to start getting adjusted because I had headaches because I had something wrong with Mm me. Um, Of course, down the road, getting adjusted regularly, it helps with my sleep. It helps with my running. It helps with really everything. Um, So I, I piece that together. But um, really in school, when we started learning kind of, I mean, if, if we really want to get into it, if you think about how a baby is born, <laughs> it's Take not. Take us through that process, start <laughs> to finish. <laughs> it's not, regardless of how it's done, vaginal, C-section, there is still an extreme amount of stress, mm-hmm. physical stress on that little baby's spine. And that little baby's spine is very, very malleable. So kind of in, in school when they were like, oh, you know, the, the first misalignment of the spine can happen at birth. I was like, oh, of course it can. That makes, that was just one of those moments that just clicked. Of right. course it can. That makes so much sense. And, and what when is the you're, amount of force? I, do you know the number? I want to say it was like 70 to 100 pounds. 80, of, yeah, about 80 pounds of, of pressure that doctor. When uh, they pull the baby yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. Which is insane because the baby weighs hopefully six pounds, but sometimes 10 or 12. Yeah. Scarlet. <laughs> How much was Scarlet? Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I used to tell patients, you know, when they asked about getting their kids adjusted and that first trauma that you're mentioning right. is I would say, say your baby was one week old and I handed you the legs of your child and I pulled as hard as I could and twisted your neck, her neck. Would you ever let me do that? And the answer was never. But I said, well, what about at second one of their life as they're being birthed? Right. Vacuum, C-section, vaginal. Uh, there was that amount of force done and nobody talks about it. Yeah. You know, the hope is just like, okay, the baby's going to start crying. The baby's going to start instead of thinking like, well, we had to, we had to grab whatever we could and get the baby out of there. And that amount of trauma is where I, I mean, we start to see a lot more infant mortality here in the United States when there are more of these aggressive birthing processes yeah. that we do. And, and well, we should clarify too. There are times when you have to get yes. the baby out yes. of there immediately. Of course. It's, of course. it's the idea of doing it and then just not addressing it right that we have right. a problem with thinking that we yeah and it's a great it's a good analogy i don't care if you have a one month old a six month old a one year old no parent would be like yep lay my child down pull as hard as you can and twist its neck like it's coming out of the birthing canal yeah i did a project in school and i put a, a baby in chiropractic school and i put a picture of a baby and then my dog who's like 100 pounds i was like would you let your baby play tug of war with my dog right like, no um and so then from birth, we can take it to, okay, the baby's starting to sit up on its own. It's starting to crawl on its own. It has an older sister, Stella, who pushes Scarlet over and mm-hmm. Scarlet kind of Big like bully. hits her head a little bit. 
um, any, and then, and then really learning to crawl, walk, play with kids and friends, cousins, siblings, all of that, all of those little tumbles, um, you know, the, the, the baby, the toddler, the kid is falling down and, and their spine is absorbing that. Right. And it's, there's no way it's absorbing it perfectly. Um, so that can create little misalignments and pressure in the spine. Um, well, so of course- to that, to that part too, about being so young, their spine doesn't have any muscle attaching yeah. to it or holding it in place. Gumby. When our oldest was born, and my wife hates me telling this story, but we knew that nobody pulled on her coming out, but and her spine was clear when we checked her right at birth. And then after the second day, she wasn't latching properly when she was breastfeeding and couldn't figure it out, checked her spine and her top bone was way up to the right. So adjusted her, started latching, no issue. Happened again the next day where she would stop latching, checked her spine again. It was to the right, couldn't figure out what was happening. And then after the third time, we realized it was the way that she was holding her head when she was um, holding her up to breastfeed yeah. was putting a lot of pressure. Instead of holding the back of her head, yeah. she was putting a lot of pressure on her neck and that was affecting it as right. well. So even looking at that, I think the trajectory of where that could have gone if we never addressed it, it would have been instead of breastfeeding then she wasn't latching, would have got worried and gone to formula, it would be a whole different scenario yeah. for her. And that's such a good, like just logical thought process of just looking at like, all right, well, what's the pat? Like what, what could be causing it? And parents don't know that. And then the guilties that might come along with that of like, wait, you're telling me I'm creating that every time yes. I'm feeding my child. That's a that's not a good place to be. But it brings us back to the reason why you we you know babies need to be checked. Remember going into hospitals. So when some of my patients would be born or the babies would be born, just going in there. And again, it's not like we're popping and twisting babies necks. It's literally like checking the ripeness of a tomato. It's a light force pressure to just slide things right back into position. And the amount of ease that you can see the baby just go through is it's incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, um, I was also, um, in undergrad and chiropractic school kind of all in between. I was a nanny. So I've, I've babysitter nanny, whatever you want to call it. I use nanny cause it's fancier. makes me feel special. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've, I've taken care of kids, toddlers that are, have been under chiropractic care versus kids that haven't. And I will say there is a huge difference just in terms of their overall contentment, like fussiness is like a mm -hmm. kind of like a, a mm -hmm. what Focus, comes to mind. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it really, it really does. And, um, like speaking to patients who are under care, um, who bring their kids in with them to the adjustments because they might be a stay-at-home mom or, you know, whatever. They have to bring their kids to the adjustments. And so finally, when I say, oh, have you thought about getting little Johnny or little Susie adjusted? They haven't thought of that. They're coming to get adjusted because still they're stuck in that medical mindset problem where they're solution, in pain. They're, they're in pain. So they're coming. So it makes sense. They're like, why would my four-year-old get adjusted? Mm -hmm. And then I explain something and they go right back to their birth and they remember how traumatizing right. it was. And they're like, Oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I hadn't thought of that. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Um I, I had a lady yesterday and she's in her mid twenties and we were talking about chiropractic and she said, actually, yeah, my whole family really likes chiropractic because my younger brother didn't sleep for weeks. Yeah. Until eventually they took him to a chiropractor and it helped him. He must he felt better and then he quit crying and then he started sleeping and then everybody else in the family could start sleeping as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I have a, a family of seven right now that come in. And so mom and dad and then and seven, ki- th- five kids. Um, the, the oldest is seven. The youngest is six, seven months. Um, and so they come in all at once. And that kind of grabs the attention of my other patients. They're like, oh, wow, there's so many kids. How does she do it? Blah, blah, blah. But they right. all, pretty much every single one of them say, wow, their kids are so well behaved. Mm-hmm. And I always make a cute little joke. Like they're all getting adjusted. Yeah. They're all under chiropractic care. Right. Um, so it, it really does, it really does matter. And I think we're touching on the points of where like you can get adjusted and feel good. You can have interference in your body and still feel good. Meaning we're not, we, we're, we analyze and assess to see if there's interference. We don't just analyze and say like, Oh, how are you feeling today? We want to know if there's interference and we can remove it. Let's never feel bad Yeah. because we in this room have all been getting adjusted now for years. Randy for what three decades? Are we on the Over three decades. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in the four decades, and he's not that old. He no, looks old, but old. he's not that old. I'm and in the 15 of, year mark, I think, at this point of getting adjusted. I'm only 10, but some of my patients, when they, when I, if I mention, oh, I'm getting adjusted today, or oh, I can't wait for my adjustment tomorrow, they're like, why do you get adjusted? Right. You know, you're healthy. You've got no complaints. They don't. They don't, they still, so, um, yeah. And then I tell a lot of my patients, I get adjusted twice a week. I can notice a difference if I only get adjusted once a week versus twice a week. Mm-hmm. And so part of that comes into, I'm very active. That's I work, pattern, I work yeah. out a lot. So that's just, that's just what my body needs and how I feel the best. But that's no different than saying to somebody who's fit, why are you working out? You're already fit. Right. Yeah. Why are you eating broccoli? Like you You're had, you had broccoli last year. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, these are all, this is all great stuff, I think, because hopefully it starts bringing to mind, you know, w- the, the design, the, the creation of chiropractic itself wasn't set up to be a treatment. It wasn't set up to diagnose and treat. It's cool that we get to see symptoms go away and quote, like diseases that are quote unquote incurable, medically speaking, we just see that the body is innately wise and just by removing interference and letting that wisdom out, we see these miracles. We don't go into a case and think like this adjustment fixes your vision. This yeah. adjustment yeah, yeah, yeah. will help you smell. We go into it and go, we're going to remove interference here. These nerves go to these organs and our expectation is they function better. And then we get to see the outcomes of that function, which is cool. Cool. Yeah, I tell my patients a lot. I'm like, I care that, about how you feel, but I'm not going to focus on how you're feeling. I'm going to focus on how you're functioning. Mm-hmm. If I can get your function up, you are going to feel better. Yep. Yep. I think that's good stuff. And I want to dive. I don't know how much time we have left. We got a couple um, minutes. We got some time. Uh, I want to hear too about your fitness journey because you're pretty well known for that. You have a pretty big Instagram following for that. And I would even say, a cool thing about a chiropractor that walks the walk of what they tell other people. So I'm big on, you get advice from people who are doing the things that you should be doing. There's a lot of people that know what to do, but don't necessarily do it themselves. So maybe if you're taking a patient from, I'm not working out at all right now, they just start getting adjusted. And then all of a sudden they're saying, I feel better. I want to start working out. I'm still getting adjusted. I'm still doing everything that I should but I want to get to four or five days a week. What are you doing with them? Or what do you, what do you say to them? Yeah. Cause right now it's such a habit. I can't imagine not working out. I work out pretty much every day, except for some Mondays I take off. Um, 
So for them, you know, if they're if they're in they're in pain and they can't really do much, I just give them a gentle little stretching. Stretching is pretty underrated. It's very very important. I stretch every day. I stretch when I get out of bed, and I just do four simple stretches when I get out of bed and before I go to bed. So every day, um, and then anytime I work out, so I'll stretch before my workout this afternoon. Um, again, four simple exercises. So those are the ones I give them, and then I okay. I, I just I ask them what they'd love to do because if they Movement don't, wise, yeah, yeah, because if they don't. I like to say like just walking, just moving your body. But if somebody doesn't like to walk or they have really bad knee pain, then, you know, I have to kind of, um, I love to work out. So it's easy for me, um, which I guess isn't fair. Um, but it, they need to do something they love. If they love raking leaves, heck go rake your na- neighbor's leaves. Just get something. So you're moving. If they love playing with their dog, go play with their dog outside. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be traditional grinding on a treadmill. Right. I mean, most people hate that. I happen to love it, but most right. most people would hate it. So trying to find, um, you know, if they love softball and they need to play softball, okay, let's look up a softball league and just kind of start there. Yeah. That's really and how I... So you keep bringing up your dog. That's the second time. Oops. We knew that that was going to happen. Um, do you want to talk about him at all? Do you want to yeah. tell people? No, uh, I love him. He knows it. He's not that cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've met him. <laughs> so back, back to the chiropractic side of it and the, and the fitness side of it, you have your Instagram. What's your goal with Instagram? What do you like for people to see or what do you like for people to reach out or talk to you about there? So I felt like, oh, there's my dog. Um, He's so cute. I felt, I feel like there's a lot of people out there in the um, social media world who like me might be a health professional, fitness professional, whatever. And they post a lot about rah, 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 do this, do that. And so if you're like in a lot of pain, if you're not healthy at that point in your life, that stuff can be very daunting mm-hmm. for you to listen to over and over. Um, and that's how it began. I wanted to be all positive, all fitness, all health, all chiropractic. And then I just realized I'm just a person. Mm-hmm. I'm really not that special. Sorry, mom. I'm not. Um, so I'm just trying to be now at this point, just more real and like, Hey guys, I'm really having a crappy day and mm-hmm. my back actually hurts. So I'm not going to work out today. I'm going to go get adjusted and then I'm going to take a nap and that's okay. Or, right. Hey, it's really rainy out. I feel like eating a cookie today or two. That's okay. I had salad for lunch. So I'm going to have, right. you know, just kind of normalizing I'm not perfect. I don't do everything perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had a cookie yesterday and it was delicious. <laughs> um, you know, just kind of being more yeah. normal because there's a lot of perfect social yeah, media yeah. accounts out there. And that's, that's just kind of annoying for people who are going through something serious in their life or, you know, depression or something like that. They, so I'm just trying to be me. Yeah. And that, and you can see what's cool is like you're, if you do go to your Instagram account, it's, that's really you. You're not forcing any of these photos or stories. Like you're just giving a glimpse into your life of what you actually do to take care of yourself. And I think it does inspire and help a lot of people. I hope, I hope so. Yeah. And there was a big push. I remember when everybody would take pictures in front of a Ferrari and pretend like it was theirs. (laughs) Did it act cool? And I think there's something refreshing about not doing that in the health field or not going to the gym, pretending, getting the picture, pretending you worked out and then going home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do work out pretty much every day, but I don't always eat healthy. I do get adjusted every week, but you know, I don't always drink like, you know, there's, I know, you know, everything that you should be doing every day, but nobody's perfect. Mm -hmm. So just realizing that, you know, 
you are who you are and yep. just trying to every day be better than better than the rest good okay well that's another one in the books we're at it well, wait, we got to get your restaurant recommendation. That's yep. how you, you guys have a finish brand. it? We, have a, we, we have do a now. We just started this today. Yeah, we're starting this <laughs> moving forward. Where if, you, if somebody's coming to Columbia and you said, all right, I'm going to take you out for dinner somewhere, where are you going to take them mm. as your re restaurant recommendation? It depends who the person is, first of all. Okay. My, probably my favorite restaurant just since the beginning, we still eat there all the time, is probably Cantina 76. Nice. Which location? But either one. Okay. Not picky. Um, my husband likes the Divine Street better, but we live closer to the Main Street one, so we probably go to Main Street more. I will say, however, my favorite food is Thai food, and we have found a fantastic Thai restaurant in the Vista called Kao Thai, K-A-O. Cow tie. Mm, um, I heard about that. So I, I will take that. you guys there. It okay. is that's on awesome. record. All right. Okay. Well, thanks for we appreciate being it. on here. Yeah, it was fun. Sorry. We're here for the health of it. For the health of it.